0: Welcome to Animals to the Max. I'm your host, Corbin Maxey. This show is about animals and the people who dedicate their lives to them. And welcome everybody to a very special edition episode of Animals to the Max. (sighs) I'm your host, Corbin Maxey. Sorry, I just had to take a breath. (laughs) I just got done recording an hour-long interview with a guest, which will be coming out soon. I had such a good time. But I'm so excited to finally be doing this because today I get to highlight... One of my animals and I'm starting to do this if you've noticed maybe on my Facebook or Instagram every week I decided to do like a weekly animal feature just because you know I have over 30 different animals a lot of which I've had since I was my god like 13 years old So I've had them for many many years and I wanted to start doing highlights because a lot of people ask me about my animals and you know I you know I'm very active on my Instagram especially my Instagram stories and I'll mention the animals names and you know people like will send me messages like hey are there any updates and how's you know Tom the turkey doing and oh did Napoleon the emu cross the bridge and oh you know how's Nico the ball python like so and I guess that's not how people talk but basically I uh, you know I thought I just want to start doing weekly features and so my wife is amazing I love her to death and I'm not just sucking up to her because I think she's gonna listen to the show because she actually doesn't listen to my show she tells me that she hears me enough Um, that's kind of a joke but sometimes she'll tune in anyway long story short is my wife had this idea, like, why don't we do a feature and then let's, you know, like take photos. And so those photos that you see on my Instagram and my Facebook, my wife took and uh, she's a great photographer. And anyway, so I have to give an awesome shout out to her, but along with, you know, you know, putting some new content up with like pictures, I wanted to dig deeper and explore more and kind of put together some fun facts About my animals and share them with the world and I do this, you know for a living. So I am a wildlife educator. I, you know, go to various events. We do, you know, events at schools and libraries and, you know, large speaking engagements across the country and um, you know, and so I, I'm used to teaching people about animals i have been doing it for a long time. Also, obviously I do a lot of um, uh, TV stuff. And so um, I'm used to talking to people about the animals and but I wanted to like look up some other fun facts like I wanted to see like, hey, did I learn anything or, you know, can I learn some new information? And I thought, you know what, why don't I put it together and in a podcast and I thought let's just let's just do it so for each weekly feature animal feature I, I just want to do a you know short podcast on them and put together some fun facts and if you love it which I hope you do um, yeah I mean that's great if you don't you can skip over and listen to the guest interviews which we have plenty I'm still releasing those uh, we release them every usually Mondays or Tuesdays and you can check those out so here we are uh, this week we're going to focus on the WooMa Python and my Wooma Python's name is Sydney, and I just want to say something. So many people are always so confused when I say Woma Python. They're like, did you say woman Python? A Woman Python? I said, no, it's a Woma Python. So I'll spell it out. W-O-M-A. And Wooma pythons, they are found or endemic to Australia, in particular, the Southwest and Central Australia. And it's so funny. So when I got Sydney, and I'll, I'll kind of go into that story, but when I named Sydney, I thought, oh, this has to be an Australian name because it's an Australian snake, right? So I thought, oh my goodness, Sydney's gonna be the like just the perfect name, right? Because everyone knows Sydney, Australia. Funny thing, it turns out, Uh, that for one, Sydney is a girl's name. So every time I bring Sydney out, a little girl's like, that's my name. And I'm like, oh, but Sydney's a male, but that's okay. Um, you know, whatever it is, what it is. Uh, the second thing that's funny is that this Python, the Woma Python is not even found in Sydney, not even close to Sydney. So (laughs) the name's kind of funny, but of course the name stuck. So Sydney, the Boomer Python, I got back in 2006, I believe. Yes. 2006. Yes. Wait, no. Yes. Yes. 2006. I was a senior in high school. Shoot. Was it 2005? I guess who cares? Who knows? Right. 2005, 2006. I got Sydney. Um, I've always wanted a Wooma Python. They always stood out to me. I would, of course, read about them in reptile magazines. And at the time, they were extremely expensive. And I remember back in 2004... That my friend, Mark, he's a big, you know, um, big snake breeder here. And he got a, he purchased a Wuma Python, a male at a reptile show somewhere. And I remember seeing this Wuma Python. It was just a little baby, little hatchling. and I thought, oh man, such a beautiful snake. I was obsessed. Like I just would always check out this Wuma Python every time he would bring it to herpetological meetings. And I just was just, just sold on this beautiful snake. Although at the time I could never afford one. I was like, I, I, I was a teenager and I just, I just didn't have the funds. So turns out a few years later, and I believe it was 2006, sorry, I keep on going back with the dates, but it was 2006. I checked back in with Mark and I would always go over to Mark's place and it was just like going to Disneyland. He would have these snakes everywhere. And I remember seeing that Woma Python. And I think I had mentioned to him like, Hey, would you ever consider selling this WoomA Python to me? And I remember kind of jokingly doing that. And he was like, okay, sure. And I was like, wait, what? So I actually ended up buying Sydney the woma python from my friend Mark and the reason why Mark sold Sydney to me was because he could he t- he just told me straight up he could not afford a female woma python. Now at the time woma pythons were extremely expensive. So the males obviously weren't as expensive as you know in the snake breeding world obviously the females are going to be more that's just about for anything right um, because the females of course, can produce offspring, so the females I think were well over a thousand dollars, and I think Mark paid like six or seven or I think six or seven hundred dollars for Sydney, the Woma Python, I think I saved up like three hundred dollars and it was that Christmas, and I gave like you know paid three hundred dollars for Sydney, which was a lot at the time, and you know a lot for a sixteen you know year old but anyway. I bought Sydney and added him to my collection, and I just absolutely just just loved him. I you know currently I have a lot of snakes, and Sydney is probably one of my favorites next to the big pythons. And the reason why is he has just such a personality, and it's so crazy because so many people are like snakes don't have personalities, like they're just reptiles, and that's completely false. That could not be further from the truth. He and this is a true story we'll recognize every time I go into the animal house and he lives in a vision enclosure. So a vision enclosure for those of you who aren't reptile people or who aren't familiar, they are the stackable basically snake enclosures with glass sliding doors. And he's on the bottom and there's several other of these enclosures stacked on top of him. But, so he's on the bottom. So when I walk in the animal house, he can actually feel my vibration. He'll come out of his hiding box and he'll literally go up to his little glass door and just just go back and forth. And basically what he's letting me know, it's like, hey, let me out. I want to explore. So I will let Sidney out of his enclosure, and I am so serious. He will go explore. He will go upstairs, and he'll crawl up the ladder and go upstairs. He'll make his way down. He'll go behind the fridge. He'll go behind our alligator snapping turtle pool. He'll, He'll usually, I know this is gross, but he loves to poop for some reason he loves to poop. Um, well, obviously he has to poop, but he loves to poop outside of his enclosure. So he always, whenever we let him out more than likely, like 70% of the time he's going to poop on the animal house floor, which is fine. It's like AstroTurf and I have the pet cleaner. I don't care. Um, but anyway, he'll go around and then when he's done, when he's done exploring, he'll go back into his enclosure. And that is a 100% 100% true story. And it's the only snake I can do this. All the other snakes that I would let out, like the smaller snakes, like my ball pythons or my rainbow boa, they would literally like crawl underneath the fridge and never come out. So Sydney has such a personality. We take him to our educational shows. I mean, I could go on and on about Sydney, which I know I am, but he's such a cool snake. And when anyone comes to me and they're like, I don't like snakes or I hate snakes or I kill snakes or I, the only good snake is a dead snake. Sydney. Is the snake I will bring out, and people fall in love. And he's such a cool snake. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about the uh, the Woma Python, and I guess you know why he's probably the first snake I featured in my weekly feature because he's so cool. So, back onto them. They are found in Australia, uh, southwestern and central Australia. They live in uh, grasslands, shrublands, and woodlands in extremely arid areas. It gets really really hot where they're found so they are nocturnal which of course means they are active during the night now what's so interesting about these snakes is they uh, they spend a lot of their time in burrows and they hunt in burrows and they eat a variety of different things for instance they eat mammals birds they also specialize in eating other reptiles including lizards they love monitor lizards and they love eating snakes venomous snakes, they're immune to snake venom, it's insane and Australia, I'm, I'm sorry I'm like so excited into the microphone but Australia is home to the top 10 um, world's deadliest snakes and this Woma Python, Sydney is immune to the venom, like one drop of like a, I don't know, I think like a king brown snake can kill over 100 elephants or more it's insane, this snake can eat a brown snake and be completely fine, so it's just like Blows my mind. So anyway, long story short, they spend a lot of their times in burrows actively looking for food Uh, when they do come across, like, let's say a mammal inside of a burrow. What's really interesting is that a lot of these burrows, there's not a lot of room to move around in or constrict. So I guess I should point out that they are constrictors. So they wrap around and squeeze their prey. But In a burrow, it's hard to like get your full, you know, a portion of your body wrapped around a prey item. So instead, they'll use the side of the burrow wall to help them kill their prey. So they'll actually use their body. Let's say they get a rodent or something and they'll pin it, literally pin it up against the side of the burrow. They'll pin it against the wall of the burrow until the prey suffocates. And it's not really effective. Uh, I mean, well, I guess it is effective, but not as, con- you know, not as effective as being out in the open, able to fully constrict. So when you see wild wooma pythons, interestingly, they have a lot of scars on their bodies, you know, where the prey um, was basically trying to defend themselves. And that's something I learned and I found really interesting. Um, in captivity, we don't feed Sydney live prey. So he eats frozen thawed rats, usually medium to large rats every eight to ten days. He's a great eater um usually he's actually going it's winter time right now in Idaho and he the last couple times he has not eaten which is i'm not too concerned cuz snakes can go without food for you know long periods of time but it is kind of weird because he usually never misses a meal like me. So it would be like me going to a chuck E. rama and just getting a salad. It'd be like, wait, something's up with Corbin. Like, he's not at that buffet. So he'll be fine, I'm hoping. But um, anyway, so the wintertime sometimes will slow down. Um, just a cooler weather, even though he has a heating pad, sometimes they can just sense that because they still are those wild animals. So, but long story short, back under that. He eats frozen thawed um, rats. Interestingly, this is insane. this is one of only two pythons. This is crazy right So pythons are known for having heat sensing pits. They're able to basically like detect that like infrared able to see prey. Uh, this Python and along with a- another member of the same genius genus genius genus, the black-headed Python, they lack heat sensing pits okay so they do not have those famous heat sensing pits that most pythons do. And like I said, there's only two python, two types of pythons that are that have, lack these pits, and that's the woma python, like Sydney, and the black headed python. And the genus I'm gonna say it is Aspiditis. Wait, aspidities, aspid. Aspiditides. Oh my goodness. Uh, anyway, um, I know someone's gonna email me, but that's okay. Uh yeah, so Google it. But that that is the genius the genus which I totally butchered. But the only two which I found was really interesting. Scientists are still puzzled. I know there was a debate from a few, you know, herpetological people trying to say, well, maybe is this a python? Should we classify it as something else? Although as of now it is still considered a python, but it lacks those heat-sensing pits. Now, it is uh, in Australia where they are found. It is uh, super sad, but in parts of Australia, they are critically endangered, and this is due to a number of different things. I'm not trying to do this whole doom and gloom, but we have to just look at the facts. Habitat loss is a huge thing, Uh, you know, just for agriculture. It's a big thing. Um, It's, you know, taking this, you know, animals, uh, you know, prey away. It's taking their habitat away. Also, people, you know, on site, people all around the world, they hate snakes. They kill them out of fear. And... Unfortunately, the Woma Python, by the way, it's, it's just gorgeous, has beautiful, um, you know, orange head, um, beautiful um, yellow and, you know, tan stripes. Beautiful. Kind of looks like it like a tiger. It's just great. Unfortunately, it looks a lot like the venomous King Brown snake. So a lot of people in Australia will mistake the Wooma Python as a venomous snake. They'll kill it on site. So that doesn't help out at all. Another thing that's really hurting these animals and all of the native Australian animals are invasive species. So feral animals like feral cats. Oh my God. They're a huge problem. Feral cats are a huge problem. And, um, foxes, foxes are a big problem in Australia. There are eradication efforts to get rid of the cats and the foxes. But once again, not everything is as effective. So they are critically endangered in Australia. Now, in captivity, they breed well. And very interestingly, this is crazy. I just found this out. So one of the things I did learn today is that they um so Australia has really strict import and export laws, just protecting their wildlife. So it's extremely hard. Well, you just can't. They they like they they put a ban. In the 1970s, it's like no more exports, no more exports of our wildlife. And so they, uh, wuma pythons were actually illegally smuggled in to the United States, so they were illegal for the longest time. But what happened is that people were able to smuggle them in and they started captive breeding them. And now, they, you know, there's so many captive bred wuma pythons, they are just basically there's nothing that anyone can do, wildlife officials can't really do anything. So now they're considered fine, and uh, it is actually completely legal to have them as pets. They don't. Just kind of getting to them, you know, on them being pets, I have to say they are excellent pets. They are probably one of my favorite snakes that I've ever worked with that I've ever had as a pet they don't get too big like four and a half feet sometimes you do get animals that will get up to six feet but they're more of like a slender python so they don't get too big they you know they do make large aquariums that can house them comfortably Um, I have a vision you know enclosure which houses Sydney comfortably we are planning on moving him into a bigger exhibit and we actually This is kind of a side note, but when our green iguana Godzilla is outside in in the summertime, when it's warm enough here in Idaho, we'll move. Um, Sydney the Woma Python upstairs to Godzilla's habitat which is just massive like 10 times bigger than um, his habitat that he lives in his vision cage and it's so funny when we let him inside of Godzilla's enclosure yeah he'll like climb around the branches and stuff he'll smell the iguana this and that but we'll also put his hide box inside there the same one he has in his vision cage and 9 out of 10 times he's when I go up there to check on him he's in his vision box or excuse me he's in his hide box it's insane like so he has this huge area and he still prefers that hide box So, kind of funny there, but um, anyway, we 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 do rotate them. But the plans are to build him a new enclosure. Wow, I just went down a huge rabbit hole. What I'm trying to say is that they don't require massive, massive enclosures, so you are able to house them comfortably in um, aquariums that are available. They are generally, you know, they're you know they like being handled. So a lot of I've never came across any wombats that have been nippy. yeah, I mean, so, you know, they like to be handled and I would say they're great beginner snakes. If you can't afford them, luckily the price has gone down. So now I think you can find a Wuma Python for two to three hundred dollars a hatchling and which is a lot cheaper than back in the day. So, yeah, so I would highly recommend them as recommend them as pets. As always, make sure to do your research. Sydney is around 15 years old. They will live to be 20, 25 or longer in captivity. So I guess we'll see. But you know he's one of my favorite snakes i've ever worked with and i absolutely love him i think uh, i want to leave this podcast with a funny story um well actually sydney loves my boots that is true there's a snake in my boot that is like a true saying when i have my snow boots on when i take them off cuz i don't like to track snow and ice inside the animal house i'll take them off and when sydney is out exploring if my boots are out he will go Crawl up my boots and go inside. He loves the smell. I don't get it. It's insane, but he loves my boots. I have a photo of it because some people are like, "Oh, that you're full of it," or "Oh, you put him there." And it's like, no, I did not put him there. And if I did, you know, want to put him in my boots, I'd, you know, would rather if I was trying to get a photo of him in my boots, I would like clean my boots off and make him look nice. No, this is like a real picture in the action of him just going up to my muddy, snowy boots. He. Loves it. So anyway, you can check out that photo on my Instagram at Corbin Maxi. And let me know what you think about this episode. These are new, these new weekly features, they're kind of little bonus podcast segments. And I enjoy doing them because I, you know, work with these animals every day and I talk about these animals every day. And I thought, why don't I just put them out in the world? And I I'm I'm pretty sure this has to be probably one of the only podcasts on Woomapythons. Pythons like I'm sure there's a few other reptile podcasts out there that may have covered them, but this has to be one of one of just a handful of episodes just dedicated to the Woomapython. Python. So I thought, hey, why not? Let's put it out in the uh, podcast sphere. So. With that said, thank you so much for taking the time to listen to the show. If you loved it, please leave a rating and review. And if you specifically mention in your review that you loved the Sydney, the Woma Python podcast, I will give you a shout out on my Instagram story with Sydney, the Woma Python. It's a true thing. True thing. I'll totally do it. So I appreciate all those ratings and reviews. It gets the show out there. With that said, I hope you guys enjoyed this week's animal feature. Next week is Thanksgiving. I'm so excited. I Well, I'm not going to tell you what I'm going to feature or which animal I'm going to feature. Wink, wink. If you follow my feed, you guys probably know that our superstar... Thomas, the turkey, is going to be featured next week. He is going to be our weekly feature. I just spilled the beans, whatever. But I cannot wait to talk about some fun uh, turkey facts. So check back for that next week. With that said, I hope you guys just have a fantastic day, fantastic night. Whenever you listen to the show, you know I appreciate it. We'll talk to you next time.